You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, today's sponsors come from the likes of Fury's Fam. It is a natural energy drink that I have been trying now myself and most certainly would get you guys to most certainly try it yourselves and the whole point of it is it is something that is and does come from single ingredient foods it is an irish product and that is where we're trying to get more and more people to consume okay the best foods that naturally improve your energy the idea that the beetroot is able to improve your blood flow it also is high in antioxidants that can actually improve your cognitive function your brain function and in top of that also reduce wrinkles sales of beetroot juice theories farm Beetroot juice in particular, gone through the roof. All right, lads. Most certainly, but I don't want you just most certainly to take my word for it. I want you to try it. All right? Available at all local Super Value stores. If they don't have it, most certainly tell them to get it. Okay, enjoy this week's episode. All right, welcome to the latest show of the podcast, Coleman Power Organic Fitness. I have the classic, the one, the only, the Kate. Most certainly, the beehive expert. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on on this beautiful Friday. Friday is most certainly when we record it, but these bad boys will be coming out on Friday Eve. Oh, unbelievable. I never actually said that on a podcast. So, so I brought you on, Kate, to literally tell the about the viewers and the likes of the listeners a little bit more about the likes of the importance of bees and literally what you're currently doing down in East Cork. Yeah, so bees, well, bees are just vital to the health of our planet, to our ecosystem, to all the flowers that we see, fruit and veggies, like one out of three bites of food is thanks to a pollinator, which is so important. Um, all our flowering plants globally, about 85% of all flowering plants, trees, they're dependent on pollinators. So like if we lose pollinators, our planet will look black, barren and awful like we wouldn't have the beauty that we have that we see you know um and bees are just magical creatures they have they provide medicine for their home their the ecos the hive is about 120 million years old so it's phenomenally just it's a super organism um and it's super wise and it has provided medicine for the hive and for humans as well for millennia so we've we've intertwined with the beehive um and down here in East Cork, where I live on the farm at home, um, it's just some people come to the workshops and they they come and they're like, Oh, it's actually a farm. And I'm like, Yeah, it's a farm. I'm not just saying it's a farm, because some people say places are farms, but they're not farms. <laughs> so it is a farm, and um, I love getting people out into the wild. So groups come out. I've workshops for families that are shorter. And then I have longer ones for adults where we go into the hives and Coleman, you yourself had an experience this week. Um, we had a beautifully hot day. We sat in a circle amongst the trees and we had lovely herbal teas that are in season um, explaining the benefits of our herbs for our bodies, anti-inflammatory um, herbs that work with hay fever and um, all different things like that and discussing what the bees are foraging on at the moment so every week we can see what bees are foraging and what pollen they're bringing in by the colors which is amazing so then we kind of went into the hives and nobody got stung so that was really good news wasn't it 
Oh, it's brilliant. I totally massively enjoyed it. Like, as an experience for someone who's already into all things health, I didn't know enough firstly at first hand of what the work the bees actually do. And I want to even just bring it back because people are already going, oh my God, did she say hay fever can be most certainly reduced and minimized with the likes of different beverages? And I want you kind of to expand on that, maybe firstly with honeys and then different beverages that you can consume. Yeah. So, yeah, so I suppose people developed allergies uh, to pollen um, and pollen is pretty prolific at the moment. So, you know, local honey, if it's not strained and the pollen is going like, I suppose, because you've seen in the hive now, the honey is stored in a certain area and then you've pollen stored in a certain area. So if you're um, extracting it off a frame, we say we call them frames what are in the hive and you're not straining it or filtering it or processing it or heating it. That's why it's so important to get raw honey and um, that is local because all those little bits that are in the hive go into it as well. I mean, sometimes I've had bee legs in my honey and it's fine, you know, um, <laughs> it's just the, the average person who goes to a supermarket might think like, oh, that looks weird. But actually the real healthy stuff doesn't look like that, you know. Um, and then I was making an infusion, like an elderflower infusion of honey. So elderflower is amazing for hay fever. Um, it's anti-inflammatory. It's amazing for sinuses. Um, and I was mixing in the local honey with um, the elderflower and people loved it. And the elderflower is so potent that it infuses like almost immediately. Um, and then we had a mint honey, which is like super medicinal. Um, all different ones, primrose. Um, I think by the end of it, like we had a lot of honey and um, I actually had made a mead as well. Uh, mead is like a drink made from fermented honey over time. So you'd add water in and air and it was drunk by the high kings of Tara. It's an ancient drink of Ireland and it would also have been drunk on the honeymoon for fertility. So the couple, the lovely couple would have been drinking it every day and having fun and hopefully having, you know, a conception um so mead is another thing i made but you didn't try it on the workshop because i i can't like get people you didn't, want me, to get pre- you didn't want me to get pregnant that's what you're trying to <laughs> yeah so mead is beautiful and i actually hadn't had alcohol since i'd say new year's and i had some the other night while i was drilling a beehive and i was like this is quite a good combination <laughs> i drop all the screws on the ground but it was lovely um, and it's like going back to the old ways, like as I was saying on the workshop, like it's like the older ways, the simplistic ways, growing our food, you know, having our beehive um, and like foraging and going to the seashore and getting our seaweed and like all these old ways actually make us so content and happy because like we're literally a chemical factory, our human bodies. And like we need to we need to actually kind of struggle a little bit like we need to go and forage our food to actually feel well like supermarket this the honey in the supermarket isn't proper you know like honey supermarkets actually lose money on honey like four to five are tampered with and it's mainly coming from china um so it's important to really go find a beekeeper that you trust and try the raw honey and support that because beekeepers need your support as well and um you'll never find a rich beekeeper you know they're just doing it for the love of it and because you know it's nature like, you know, when you've when you've gone in the beehive, you actually get hooked and you just get so mesmerized and you're so your mind does not understand how the magic of it all works because you're like, how is there a million flowers in this jar? 
like you don't even understand so it becomes this like experience of awe that you just keep going back to you know yeah and i want to literally again in my head i even asked you this on the day when you say there's a million flowers inside the little jar of honey why and how is that just to break it down it's the fact that the bees are going to roughly a million flowers to make the small amount of tea no is it a twelfth of a teaspoon is the number that i remember in my head that each bee makes yeah 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 so one bee can only produce a twelfth of a teaspoon and she doesn't even get to eat that like she will die within the four or five week period and it's just it's such a selfless uh community like they're a collective of of just pure heart and love like they go around doing all of this magic in our flowers and we watch them and we hear the buzz and the hum and all the beauty comes to life in spring and summer and this kind of obviously the wind pollinates the wind is great <laughs> but like bees are amazing <laughs> sorry I don't want to diss the wind <laughs> um but like and there's other pollinators bats and other things like there's there's the evening primrose is pollinated at night by a kind of a moth like there are other pollinators that maybe don't get as much attention and like they're doing a beautiful job as well um so it's just important but I suppose there's always been that intertwined relationship with honeybee and man um, and that's gone on for millennia but yeah, so the bee goes off and she visits. There's a thing called flower fidelity. So the bee will go to, that's what's really important. We have a lot of flowers that are the same in an area because the bee will literally go to all those flowers. She won't be swapping flowers. She will go to maybe a hundred flowers on her visit and she will come back to the hive and she might tell the bees where the forage is and they'll keep working on those flowers until the nectar is drawn. Um, and then she could do that like 15 times a day. That means visiting like 1500 flowers. That's a lot of flowers for one little tiny bee, you know? Um, yeah. And even to tell them yeah. the fact that how many other, I suppose, different species of bees there are. Is this in Ireland? I remember the figure again, but is yeah. it just in Ireland alone, that figure you gave us on Saturday, 101? Yeah, in Ireland, yeah, 100, 101 bees. So we have other bees as well, like bumblebees, solitary bees, and like, these meadows that we have and tall grasses and the manicured lawn like this doesn't really work well so like keep your grass long like there's so many billions of insects in there that are trying to survive and have a home especially spring summer um you know and they're nesting in there and it's like that's probably why we get stung and stuff you know we're like mowing over their homes you know and these wild spaces are so, so needed. Like we need to change our mindset. We need to change our vision. We need to change our conditioning because what is wild is like natural to us. And we all feel better in wildness, you know, like there's actually times I'll like sit in the trees in the evening and take in the different oils off the trees. Like our wildness, our landscapes have been conditioned to us to look like this is how it looks, but this is not how it's supposed to look like these vast fields of emptiness. This is not how it's supposed to look, you know? And, and and at night, if I go into these trees and this canopied over me, I swear to God, my nervous system, it's like amazing. And that's actually another part of my workshop I do, the forest bathing or forest therapy, getting people into the trees and showing them like what the trees do for us. Like their oils that come off their bark, they infuse with our immune system, our nervous system, upping the natural killer cells. They actually like, they make us relaxed, you know, and it's so important because like, we don't see many trees here. You know, it's so important that we get into trees and we like rest our back on a tree and look upwards into the canopy because it's 
phenomenal for us to feel calm and we're all so stressed you know we're also stressed and something. we're not just Kate probably that main point we're actually not designed not two of us are sitting down at a desk right now to sit down at a desk for eight hours on a weekly basis we wouldn't probably myself and yourself wouldn't be someone who would do that on a regular basis and the majority of people are doing that okay if you're listening to this podcast and you're not most certainly moving I'd want you to get up off your ass and get outside listen to it <laughs> multitask okay there's your literally keynote now from myself and Kate to get moving because there's so many benefits as you said to the likes of being outside you have the sunlight you have the air you have the wind and moving in a way that you typically don't do enough of even all your different I suppose uh, muscle groups whether it's your hands your legs or your core in between that's the whole point of being healthy Move mornings and mornings or evenings are made for movement yeah absolutely and I'm like I'm like fascinated at the disconnection of humans to our ecosystems and like I'm always looking at um nature like to understand what it is and how it works and like I always watch the birds even what they're doing because I'm like nobody's really controlling the birds I find them fascinating or like you know when you're looking at the ground where a patch of soil was left and and flowers come up and you're like wait who who put that seed there and it's like no it's nature like you know and it's like trying to decondition ourselves to what is inherently wild and wild in us and to come back to that place. And that's something that I like to infuse into people's minds and bodies because it feels better. And a lot of us have anxiety. A lot of us have grief and we're not really sure how to process it because we're just not living in environments that are harnessing our well-being. Um, and like another thing I love to do is like get people's heads into bushes. <laughs> Like, like at the workshop, remember I had like the Philadelphus and I was like, everybody stick their head into the Philadelphus, you know, yeah. and they're all like, that's the most smell I ever smelt. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that. I can cut that section of this podcast into a clip. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love, I love doing what nature does. So like school is fine, but for me, school was school. But like watching nature and learning the way nature is to feel better is just amazing. Like I watch the bees now, what flowers they're going into. And I'm like, right, I'm going to go into that flower now and have a look. And it's like all these like intricacies of nature. Like we see the white thorn at the moment. Now the white thorn is turning pink. And like that's to do with pollen. Like pollen has been spread. And like I was saying the other day, the forget-me-nots, the forget-me-nots change color to tell the bee or the pollinator like, hey, you don't need to waste your time coming back here. We've already been pollinated. Like nature has all these little cute ways of telling other animals that you know because it's all about like like not wasting time like you know it's all about abundance and the best way of working you know and were you always into I suppose Kate like bees or being healthy and like what were you like in school like what started this whole thing off what were you like in school Fill me in on that. um I was highly active anyway um I suppose I grew up on a farm so we would have like it was always part of me you know I I always remember going around the combines when I was a young girl and I used to love it because I used to feel excitement when we'd be getting the bales and we'd always have hi hidden in the bales and my granddad was a great influence you know he was great he like I said ponies when I was younger in the field and my granddad would get in his fiesta and he'd go run in second gear going very fast in second all around the field of my ponies and I'd be like stop my pony but it was a great source of wildness and um I didn't I suppose I actually found it quite hard to fit in 
um in secondary definitely like I found myself jumping from groups because I was like oh I don't fit in here and I, I was actually like very intelligent like I, I got really good grades and I got them I studied but I didn't have studied that hard but I also was really good at partying <laughs> so I had like a mix and I couldn't find people that were like that because you had all the studiers and then they didn't go out and I was like no and then I'd go to the people that go out and then they didn't study and I was just like a bit lost you know um so I had a balance <laughs> um but yeah no I was always into the outdoors and I never really and then there was parts of me people would talk about Disney movies and different things on tv and I never really did that like I was always outside in the trees wandering the fields making paths making dens um being with the horses and I kept it like but obviously then as you get older like when I think of my late teens 17 18 those years I definitely you know I had drank and I had taken some things and that wasn't good for me you know but it, it was an experience for me to learn and grow out of you know and then I did that big I suppose what initially burst me into this um was when I was diving in the Great Barrier Reef and um yeah, I was just, I was very disappointed coming in. Like I didn't really see much species diversity and it was a lot of bleaching. And I came home and I was like, I'm quitting my job. I rang my mom from Australia. I was like, I'm not coming back. And at the time I was employed in a corporate and I was like, I'm not coming home at all. And she's like, what? Cause I had gone a bit mad, you know, I was like, no, I'm free now. I'm never coming back. She's like, you have to come back, you know, just in case one day. So I came home and I worked another five months and then I made that bucket list of like these biodiverse hotspots all around central south america of like coral reef systems that were bleaching and i was like i am going to go see all these places i'm going to see the species that are endangered that are going extinct and i'm going to see them all and i'm going to document it and then i'm going to come home and i'm going to share it and i survived my trip which was miraculous because i went into countries that were like heavily you know there was trafficking drugs police guns everywhere like there was actually when I was going through Nicaragua, which is Central America, there was actually massive protests and there was like killings. And I went into the country and they were like, you are insane. There's people flying out of there. And I was like, no, I'm doing my mission. I'm going through this country and I will go through it. And I remember getting into the hostel. It was so funny. And they were like, you're, you're the only one here. You know that? And I was like, all oh, right, really? And then by chance, a van came and I saw the van outside the door, this hostel in Nicaragua. And I was saying, that van's from Alaska. I was like, where did they come from? And I was like, this is my way out. I actually didn't know what I get out of the country, you know, but I was so driven. I was like, I am doing this. I don't care. And these girls from Australia appeared out of nowhere. They had driven from Alaska. And I was just like, where are you going to? And they were like, we're going down south to Argentina. And I was like, oh, really? I was like, can I come? <laughs> so I literally jumped in their van after a few days. We'd gone volcano boarding and surfing and just crazy stuff but there was nobody in the country because of the protests it was crazy and I got in their van and I went down through Nicaragua Costa Rica I went to the cloud forests um went to see lizards more surfing on the coasts went through um El Salvador went through down into Panama and then I got to Panama and I was like what am I going to do now because you know you've Panama South America so I went off sailing in the Caribbean saw worked with like little manta rays and yeah it was amazing so, oh yeah, so basically at the end of all of that journey, I came home after being in the Galapagos and I was like, right, here's my mission. I need to share this. I need to tell people. I need to share about all these species that don't have voices. I need to share about the people who don't have voices on the trip that have spoken to me, you know. And I came home and I 
that's when I created the book and then I went on to the farm and I was like I need to create something here now and that's where I am today just still pushing on and sharing and educating and like I've immense drive like I just every day I get up with that drive and it's just it's never been taken from me you know yeah but I can see it in you and we'll certainly talking and even meeting you in person the whole idea of it is you wouldn't do what you most certainly are doing right now if you didn't really enjoy it right and you're not doing it just for yourself it's for the grand scheme of things and you even tell me in your yeah. own words why do you do what you do because i absolutely love this earth i absolutely love it so much and it just i have so much grief from seeing species decline and just what humans are doing like I feel a duty as an inhabitant of this planet to do the best I can do while I'm here so that I leave behind something that's better. You know, it's like it's like the responsibility of each species. They're all doing their best out of love. And it's like. I need to do my bit and I fucking love it and I wouldn't change it, you know. Yeah, but I tell you, what I've seen and, firsthand with the likes of the hive, uh, the course that we did there last week. It is an amazing, amazing sight. Like so many people are so disconnected from where most certainly and what actually creates food is the pollinators, such as the likes of the bees that you're looking, looking after on a daily basis. Like the care, the attention, the time that has to go in firstly, that I would know maybe more about the likes of growing your own. But then if there was no bees or there was no pollinators, there wouldn't most certainly be any flowers to be, I suppose, producing the likes of the fruit. Yeah. And as well, like really interesting, like there's certain plants that are totally dependent, like the almond is completely dependent on the honeybee. So no, no honeybee, no almond. Tomatoes, like a can of tomato uh, beans, that's from a bumblebee, you know. Um, yeah, loads of blueberries, blackberries, like blackberries are biggest crop for honey in Ireland or biggest nectar source for our bees. And like without that like when people cut the hedgerows I'm like oh I actually start crying I can't even look at the hedges I'm like oh my god I can't look at this can't look so like I feel as well like the more you do connect to nature the more you actually get sensitized because your full senses are just engaged like every other animal like we as humans are very desensitized um just for our environments that we've built so the more you actually come back to who we are back to nature the more you actually care because you're like oh god I empathize now like that whole ditch had like billions of flowers and we've just chopped it and we didn't even think about it like and and, and that's my job too like I have to go up to farmers and say to them with love and kindness <laughs> I'm like sorry what why are you cutting that ditch today now I was like you know there's like a billion fucking insects in there and bird nests and I'm like look at this bird in my hand where's that bird gonna live now and then they're like oh yeah I know we're meant to be guardians of the land I'm like yeah you are yeah, and Kate, I want to even to further expand on the likes and the touching on uh, that point, right, of the likes of sprays. So a lot of people might not even know, some people may know a little bit more, like glyphosate and any of those other harsh chemicals, which is the active ingredient in Roundup that's killing periphery edges of people's gardens with small amounts of grass or the dandelion, which is so important, makes so many other different First seeds are one of those major flowers that help the bees to stay alive and to make and produce honey. But not only that, I suppose, just tell, I suppose, the listeners and the viewers a little bit about like, how important it is not to spray on a regular basis. Even yeah. at all, not spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially the dandelions. Like the dandelion is one of the first sources of food for these pollinators who have been hibernating. Like some hibernate, some are clustered in a ball. They come out the odd time. 
But like if there's no flour, you have no food source. So when the dandelion comes and people are like, oh, I'm going to mow my lawn now, I'm going to spray it. I'm like, no, the bees have just come out. Like they really need that. Like stop. Um, And even this year, like so the pesticide, herbicide, fungicide, all these things, they're not good. Like there's a reason people are wearing white suits with masks and sprays and their face. Like it's toxic. It is disgusting. I've seen what it does. Like I had it spilt one time on my vegetables and my veg just absolutely collapsed overnight. I was heartbroken. And it's like, that was a mistake that was done anyway. Uh, but like that, those um, insecticides, all that, like they're going in through our soil, then down, down deep. And then they're going into waterways. They're going into our, our water, like they're in our bodies. And like people are all talking about disease, cancers, like, they all they change our cellular structure in our body like it's like be, like we're being beyond stupid as humans as a species like there's no other species out there who are doing stupid things like this and it's all for looking clean it's all for looking the conditioning of like let's look clean and everything's perfect like no let's look wild and messy because we're all like that you know you can't like it's like art like not it's like nature nothing is square and lined and it just we have a fixation with it that if it's just perfect or it looks like it's not, it feels off. It feels uncentered. Like I can't bear to be around. Well, like not like gar the gardens that have like tiny grass and there's like competitions with them. I'm like, what are you doing? Or even people that come out and they're completely manicured uh, to a T and it's like, it's no representation of the person or the soul or the spirit. It's like, you're trying to achieve something that's impossible and we can't manage nature like nature is wild by its way of being and then like their food sources you know then they could be bringing sprays into the hive by feeding on flowers that have been sprayed and it's just awful and another thing as well about the flowers is that people are planting flowers that look absolutely glorious and like crazy like this would be shout flower shows but then they might have no use for a pollinator. They might not have any nectar, pollen. They might have nothing. So it's just for, again, humans, aesthetics of like, that looks nice in my garden. I'll plant that. But what if we worked like nature as a collective and was like, oh, I know that flower is really good for this species. So I'm going to plant that for nature. Like how much better off would we be and feel? Because when we help somebody else, we help ourselves. It's all like collective work. You know, otherwise we're just selfish. Can you give me examples of the likes of pollinators, such as either flowers that you recommend for people to most certainly grow or sow for uh, the bees? Yeah. So I actually, obviously there are big kind of non-natives that we have here and then there are natives. Um, like I have the oxide daisy, which is great. So the honeybees were always tree dwellers. Um, so trees are actually vital. So people go on by flowers and wildflower crazy is amazing. I've done a meadow myself, but like trees, trees, can we just focus on trees? But anyway, the likes of non-natives like borage, phacelia, cornflower, um, there's great pollinator mixes. And normally now in garden centers, they actually have stickers on pollinator mix, but like I've gotten like native seeds now and I've 12 of them um, in a mix, which is amazing. Um, so you can get them as well, uh, but a lot of them aren't native. Um, and then trees, like I was telling you about the Tilia cordata, the, the linden tree, like that's mm. phenomenal forage. So like, what if we got some, I know they're not native, but like, what if we got some of them? Willows, goat willow, like the willow is amazing for pollinators. 
and they they're so easy to plant you just stick them into the ground um oak trees like bees would have always gotten their food from trees you know and they also get the resin off the tree and there's so many flowers on a tree like look up at a big sycamore there's billions of flowers you know and the, the sycamores at the moment are like vibrating i know they're not native either but like there's a lot of food on them as well but the linden is amazing so like it's one mature tilia <laughs> cordata one mature is equal to half a football pitch of wildflowers so if we're really thinking of nature imagine if you want to buy how many seeds is that it's going to cost you two grand for seed and just get one linden tree that's 20 euro um imagine or, or the, the native trees like the oak tree like all these natives as well are amazing all right. Well, I love that fact that Lily, you just put out there in relation to how many I suppose pollinators you can gain or you know, that will gain the advantage from if you plant a tilia yeah. or a linden tree. Oh my God. And Every, the willow. And the willow. The willow. Uh, one acre of wildflower is equal to in forage one mature willow. Willow so grows so easily. Like. It grows so yeah. easily, as you said. And secondly, it's tolerated to people who have wet gardens or, or in the wetlands, yeah. depending on where the listeners are um, and the viewers are listening to the show. Yeah. We love to and the wild cherry as well. Yeah. yeah. So many. Those are those are all classic and simple things that people can do. And like I suppose um, after having... I suppose my sisters after having, but I now have two nieces as a result of that. And for gifts that I would love for more people to do is either give them a tree, whether it's a fruit and tree, I do like the advantage of an apple tree as it produces a flower. And as a result of that, you most certainly get an edible fruit for the consumption in the September and months following on from that. But again, giving the, like, the gift of a tree, whether it's an oak tree, a willow, and or the likes of Atelier Cordata is something that definitely more and more people should be doing. Instead of bringing over a biscuit or a couple of chocolates or some cakes, point is so something today to gain massive advantage not only for our family and it's the future <laughs> generations yeah and the apple tree is actually amazing as well for the bee it's amazing the bees fucking love it and i should be i suppose i should be more like there is a thing about native non-native like i know i'm talking about the linden that's not native but like i know there is a thing about species adapting to native non-native but like it's all in um moderation you know i'm not telling you to go plant a thousand linden trees like obviously i'd wait for if you plant oaks you know what i mean so like it's all in you know yeah no there's no one yeah the idea is we're looking after things as best we certainly can life isn't perfect the idea is we're doing our best and that's all everybody is ever doing you're better off to plant something instead of planting nothing and giving out about it absolutely and like caring for a little sapling like this year when i saw my saplings have leaves and I'm just like, oh my God, like I put that in the soil. Like there's such a great source of fulfillment, isn't there? Massive. When you sow something yourself from seed and are able to see it flourish, whether it's a fruit, a vegetable or a tree. And we were, we were built to do that. Like we are still ancient prehistoric hunter gatherers and foragers. Like we, we have not evolved. And I think that's where we're getting it wrong. Like we think we're modern humans living in artificial lights, running around, to these office spaces that are square and rectangles with no source of light, no source of green. And and the ocean, of course, is so important. And it's like we're still ancient beings with an ancient brain. So we need to like pay attention to that, you know? Yeah, massively. 
Um, so I suppose I want you even more just focus on just conscious your time in relation to right the likes of that course. How regular are you going running it? Okay, where is it exactly? Okay, so I'm in East Cork. I'm near the coast, and the nearest town would be Middleton. Um, actually, that's where the Jameson Distillery is. So you could make a day out of it <laughs> or a weekend. But I'm near the beach. So some people come and they stay or they come for the workshop and they actually tent out in the beach, the sauna, they're surfing. So it's really cool to actually you can do other things if you're coming from somewhere else in Ireland. And the in-hive experience is around two and a half hours. It can go a bit over as well. Um, that one is on like every month. And you can get in touch with me if you like, if you have a big group or whatever. And then I have other ones for families. They're around 90 minutes and we do bees, sowing seeds and just overall connecting to nature. And they all include honey tastings as well of all the delicious, like real honeys, which is like phenomenal for your body and yeah, medicine. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's perfect. I suppose just to finish it up, you tell people where's the best place and most certainly to contact you in relation to getting in touch in booking those courses or if they have any other questions in relation to bees or hives yeah yeah definitely um yeah so my instagram is catch caught so c-a-t-c-h-c-a-i-t um because nobody can catch me yeah that's what actually happened i was there was one time i was in three countries in a day and my friends were like where are you in the world and i was like i'm in guatemala now and it just had been in two countries so that just became my tag name um so yeah so catch me on the farm you can find me there you can dm me you can find up about an upcoming course i normally put up the course there and i'll pin it on the profile and you can also look up in the videos for previous sessions or the reviews and it is like it is a lifetime experience in that you'll have memories for life like it really impacts you at a deep level because you get to see bees in their like natural habitat in in flowers and the trees and you also get to taste honey in its natural comb and different ways it's infused. You get to see plants that maybe you've never seen. Like I had a lady see a cucumber once and the cucumber had trailed, like I'd say three meters across in three different ways. And I swear to God, it was like a show, like a 60 year old woman who had never seen a plant in, not in plastic packaging. And it's like all these little things, they impact you for life. So if you'd like to come, please get in touch. I'd love to hear yeah. from you and I'd love to get you in the wild. And yeah, all the little wildlings. <laughs> uh, but I'm just going to tell you, Kate is an absolute ball of energy. If it hasn't already come across in the likes of this recording of this podcast, I've been there myself. I highly recommend it. She's nearly spitting laughing at me saying that, but um, she's loads of fun. But not only that, she's loads of information to pass on in what's an easy way for everybody to understand, whether it's kids, you're an adult or anything else in between. And uh, just Kate, thanks so much for coming on to the likes of the show. And if you want to most certainly get your hands on her book, and all about her travels as well, you can also contact her through the social media links that I'll be putting in the likes of the show notes. All right, Kate, I always say, uh, in, in these podcasts, we're saying, stay tuned, stay classy, and keep it organic. So if you're listening to this show, this is me giving you that pointer, that push in the right direction. Summer is most certainly here, and if you're looking to lose weight in a healthy way, I'm most certainly one of the top health nuts of the land. So yeah, send me a message privately, of course. And then on top of that, I would love to help you, I suppose, get from where you are to where you want to be, eating more real foods that you have energy, can most certainly sleep better, and as a result of that, become the happiest and the healthiest version of yourself. All right? Yeah, you can contact me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. As a result of that, yeah, I'll talk to you very soon.
get on that good stuff.